The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Uh, we started the idea that this may be a tricky, <laughs> tricky game. Yeah. No, okay, but we also you know, began the day talking about how you just it's not fair to compare Liverpool this year to Liverpool last year. And then they come out and they give this performance, yeah. and it feels like we're looking at Liverpool they, from last year all of a sudden. They're incredible. And they've dealt with the injuries. Obviously, there's been uh, to and thrown with Mourinho and with Klopp. But the way that, the way that Klopp organises his team, when, when you're hearing speak, what I find really interesting, he speaks about the training sessions and he speaks about... If players can handle the training sessions, they can handle the first-team environment, and that's what's happened with the younger players coming through. But everybody knows what's expected mm. of them. So when someone comes into the team, there's no excuses, and they all want to step up to the plate, and they are phenomenal. It's just, it's just the quality day. The quality of finishing was remarkable, like amazing, like take-your-breath-away type of thing, because a lot of those finishes don't look easy. Mm. But Firmino, that was, a, that was a Roberto Firmino appreciation day, because that's what he can do, and that's just a reminder of his ability it's just his ability, apart from his work ethic and his pressing, Danny, his touch and his, his little dig finish was top class. What I would say about this Liverpool team as well is that every player in the team makes the player next to him, in front of him, beside him, a better player because of their movements. Mm. We talked about the fullbacks going forward. That creates space, allows the, 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 the more attack-minded players to go more central. Because the players are going central, creates a space for the fullbacks. You can play with two sitters, they can play with one sitter. So... It's remarkable how every player not only does their own job unbelievably well, but the job that they do then makes the player next to them even better as well. I think we're all a little bit curious of what the carryover would be after the Tottenham game. We see that carryover now six points up on Tottenham. They'll, they'll, they'll love it. They'll love where they are right now. Again, it's a rare break for them, eight days to the next game. They can enjoy their, their holiday period for the players there. The manager rested, rotated, brought in some of the other the fringe players that did well as well for the most part. So... Pressure on Spurs now. Difficult game against Leicester tomorrow. They could have a little bit of a cushion, Liverpool. Again, their largest ever Premier League victory. Seven goals on the day. One of them belonged to Jordan Henderson. Let's hear from him. Jordan, you opened a gap at the top here, but it's a day where we saw the merciless aspect of this side. It was tremendous finishing out there today. Yeah, I thought we're, we're ruthless today. You know, we took our chances, which is always important. Um, dominated the game for large periods. Still thought we could do, we were a little bit sloppy at times. Um, yeah, but, but overall, I, I think I've got to say we're delighted with the performance, with the result, because we know how difficult it is to come here. They're a good team, make it difficult. So, um, yeah, to finish this weekend off, well, this week off um, with a win after, after midweek is important, and, and we managed to do that. Every goal was, was quality. I mean, there were, there were fantastic goals. In the first half, you had three shots on target, scored three goals. You don't get any more efficient than that. 
Yeah, today we were. It was coming, I felt, because over the last few games we've had some chances and we haven't taken them and it's cost us at times. Um, but this today we, we managed to finish our chances, which is always important in football. Does it feel like the best performance by this side so far this season? Um, in certain ways, um, but... We don't just look at the scoreline. I know it's a big scoreline, but we look at the overall performance. I thought midweek we were very good. Um, and again, we're good today. So we've just got to keep the momentum going, keep focused, keep working hard. And, um, yeah, keep going, because over Christmas it's, it's a difficult period for everyone. So we just need to keep going and, and, and picking up the wins. It's interesting you can use the word sloppy at, at times when you've won 7-0, but there were moments in the first half where Crystal Palace did get behind. Yeah, and, and in the first half they had one or two half chances, um, a little bit on the counter-attack. I mean, they've always going to, they've got so good, good, good players counter-attack, so they all, they're always going to create something in a game of 90 minutes, but I thought we limited that the day um, very well, especially as the game wore on um, and we managed the game well second half. All those great goals, which one do you think was the best? The fourth, perhaps? Your first of the season? Yeah, the fourth. No. Definitely. Um, what was the best? Hey, you've so got to say all, like you see the all good finishes more. The last one, was it the last one? Yeah, um, was a fantastic finish. But yeah, all good finishes. Um, but like I say, I thought it was coming because um, over the last few weeks we haven't really been as, as ruthless in front of goal as what we would have liked. Yeah, and that lovely goal as well. To get you a few more votes for sports personality of the year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um, especially if you could probably hear us on the pitch. I'm not sure that'll uh, do us any favours. But no. Um, overall, I thought performance level result, so we've got to be happy. Um, and now we've got a, a week leading to the next game, which is which is good for us. We can get some training in um, and another tough, tough test again. Well done, thank, thank you. you. Jürgen, is that a perfect day? A ruthless performance, quality finishing? Yeah, absolutely. But hard work as well. So a lot of counter-taking moments of... Um, Crystal Palace in the first half, um, where we needed really a long foot or toe or whatever um, to defend it. They had their moments, 100% was the plan, but our finishing in the first half was already really clinical in the right moments. Um, I don't say being 3-0 up to half, for half time is not, is the game is not finished, um, so we had to stay concentrated, was the challenge, but the boys were, controlled the game, scored wonderful goals and won it, that's it. Yeah, I, I don't think many of us can remember a game where there's been so many quality goals, it looked like a highlights reel at times. Yeah, so the boys are capable of doing that, but it will not happen every week, but it can happen and... Um, yeah, today it clicked just and um, was good. Very intense period uh, for for the boys. I'm yeah. Well, the boys should be really proud of of um, how they came through that result-wise, performance-wise, um, and now yeah, we have recovery tomorrow, a day off, and, and then we start preparing West Brom. But it's. Um, it was really good and very important for us. Goal difference-wise, very important because of the, the funny result at Aston Villa and all these kind of things, so it's good. Are you aware that it's a little bit of history as well? It's the first time that Liverpool have ever won a game away from home by that many goals in the top flight. No, it was the first time for us since I'm here that I knew that. I didn't know it would never happen before, so yeah. 
the boys set records um, since a while, and um, that's absolutely fine. And we can see the competition for places, not just for the best goal in the day, but when you take Sadio Mane off, and he looks very unhappy, despite the fact that the York got four goals up, and then you can see why, because Mo Salah chips in. He was not angry because Mo came on. He was not happy because he had a look at the watch. Maybe it was only free kick. I don't know exactly, but because he didn't was didn't see on the pitch until after the free kick. So the boys, you cannot play football like this if you are just a, a, a soldier and do everything what 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 uh, yeah the boss is saying. They do what I say, but they had, are human beings and react in a specific way. After the game, Sadio was completely fine. It's all good. So it's a happy Christmas, you're top of the tree. Yeah, um, that was the plan actually. For us it feels like Christmas is still a long shot, but um, I know it's next week. So um, yeah, we will have a good Christmas, but um, training around and um, the season is not finished, unfortunately. A few games to come and we have to be ready. Robbie, does this feel like a few months from now, this might be the week that we point back where Liverpool seem to flip the switch, they get the win over Tottenham and then this carries over? Possibly. I, I think everybody would agree, even, even the strongest Liverpool fans, that they haven't been at their very best this season. We know that compared to last year. But what they showed today, Liam, I think that we, we can reflect on is the ability of different players in this team to score goals. And I, I'm just looking through the league table. I'm just trying to think of other clubs that have got that many goal scorers. We know that Hyomin Son and Harry Kane have been brilliant at Spurs. There's nobody really else. United, potentially Manchester United, they've got other players that can do that. But for me, you know, Salah comes on, Mane scores. You know, we know that Jota can score. Henderson can get a goal from midfield. There's so many different goals in this team that we know defensively they haven't been at their best, but they've got so much firepower going forward that I, I don't see anywhere else in the Premier League that's got as many consistent scorers. Yeah, it's, it, it's a great point because from an opposition's perspective, what you're doing before a game, it's like, right, these are the danger men. So what we have to do, we have to concentrate on X, Y and Z, try and stop them, and then it, it lessens the opportunities that Liverpool are going to have. But with Liverpool, you've got to stop Firmino, you've got to stop Salah, you've got to stop Mane, you've got to stop the two fullbacks coming forward. Mm. It's impossible to do that. And their energy is incredible, but they dominate possession, so they're having a break while they've got the ball. So therefore, when they're ready to go... They can just go full steam ahead and they've been magnificent. And Roberto Firmino, again, you know, we know he's not a, a tremendous goal scorer, but him in the goals in the last couple of games and the way that he played today, plus from everything else that he does, that's a bonus as well that he's mm -hmm. starting to get some goals. This has been excellent, right? Seven clean sheets, last eight matches. Is this just who City is? Because we've been talking about waiting for them to break out offensively, but is this just who they are at this point? I think it's a little bit of just who they are. I think they've changed. There's definitely a, a more sense of defensive um, responsibility. Uh, the midfield's a little bit different now. They're protecting more. John Stones is playing better. I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, they've conceded one goal in the last eight in all competitions, and that was an own goal, I think, on Tuesday. So that's been better. We know, Danny, that they, they've, the attacking side has been down. They're missing Aguero. They're, the, we saw the finishing in Liverpool. We're, we're not at that level at City, but... You know, defensively, that, that's real. And, and there was a focus of, come on, let's make sure we get the three points in this I, game. I think when you look back at last season, scored 102 goals, didn't win the Premier League. That would have been something that Guardiola will have in the back of his mind. And where we're so used to seeing style over substance with Manchester City and Guardiola's teams over the years, I think we're starting to see a little bit of substance over style now, getting the job done, getting the nitty-gritty 
um, three points, you know, winning, winning ugly at times. And maybe that's the way that Guardiola sees things. I mean, it. just... You know, there's a balance there, isn't there? I mean, they've mm. drawn games because they haven't scored enough goals. Yeah. So they've got to get that balance right. Maybe Aguero is the guy that can, can add those goals and still keep the defensive kind of improvements in place. Yeah, well, those goals, right? 19 goals through 13 matches this year. You go back to last year, 37 through 13. Mm. 40 the year before. But, but to Danny's point, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, okay. It's you know, it's valid. But, but you've got, we've said it all the way that City's got to get better defensively. And they, so far, so is really is a good improvement. Mikel, what were your thoughts? But again, uh, without uh, conceding uh, much that we lost the game in two key moments, an own goal and, and a set piece. Um, we reacted really well after conceding the goal. Um, we dominated the game. We created... Enough chances, at least not to lose the game. We hit the bar. I think the luck is not um, on our side. And at the moment, we are up against um, a big fight. Um, you can sense that, but you can see how they try and the spirit there, how we are fighting, how they are trying. You cannot fault any of that. It's just at the moment, considering what we concede that we are losing uh, football matches. We lost against Burnley without conceding any shots on targets from the opponent. And today... The teams looks like they, they don't need too much, and the moment that we generate enough situations to score the goals, is not is not happening. That second goal was very similar to the one you conceded against Burnley as well. Does that frustrate you? It is because obviously they are one of the biggest uh, team in the league, and they deliver the ball into the right area. And when that ball is in the air in that zone, it's a 50-50 ball, and uh, they do it really well. Um, we've been defending really well the corners, but in the last two weeks we have conceded two goals. Who should have attacked it then? Who should have dealt with it? It's not about the individual, it's a collective issue. You, you say that you, you had chances, a few came late on, didn't it? Did you feel you had enough creativity during the game? Well, it's really difficult when you are facing a block and a team that is constantly defending really low and they are wasting time, they're playing their game. We make it difficult for ourselves the way we, we concede as well the first, um, the first game and after, yeah, it's, it's not easy to attack those spaces and, and have 15 chances. I think we, we had 13 shots, only two in, in targets. I think our ratio is really low. You want to be more consistently and, and win more football matches, but it's our reality. Have you got players that are low on confidence? I look at your wingers, they don't seem to be getting past players. Is that down to confidence? It's confidence, it's the opponent, it's, it's a mix of everything. And, and yeah, we, we need to generate more to win football matches. And, and if not, when it comes to small details, just the teams doing that little, they cannot win you the game. You've got the fighters still, have you in the dressing room? Absolutely. Uh, the boys are fighting, the boys are upset, the boys are together. You can see, if not, you can sense that straight away on the pitch, and, and there is none of that. It's the Cup next week. Is that a relief in a way, sort of a change of scenery? You've been so good in the Cup. Maybe. May change competition. We've been really good on those. Um, but we need to start winning football much. Now the Premier League is uh, the main priority because uh, we need to pick out the points uh, straight away. Okay, they take the loss, but he's backing his guys, talking about their spirits, their fight. Robbie, start with you. Did you see that today? Uh, I didn't see it in the first half. I saw a better second half from Arsenal, where, oh, that's kind of more what you expect from Arsenal, moving the ball, trying to get on the ball. Um, but then the problem became the final third quality. And Ketia is a young player. He's got a bright future in the game. Not enough today. Nicola Pepe, record signing, nowhere near enough. Willian, for me, Danny, 
I know he wants to try and get on the ball, yeah. but him coming super deep into midfield, I don't think is helping the situation. Bakaro Saka is a player that I think we all know is, is one of the most talented, creative players there. Again, in this wing-back position, he's kind of in between going forward and coming back. I'm sure there's a, there's a better team in there. And, of course, Aubameyang's to come back. Yep. You know, it might end up going back to Lacazette, Willian and Aubameyang to try and get some results, by the way, because as the longer this goes on, they're looking over their shoulder and, and they're in trouble. I think one of, the, one of the problems is today, and it was highlighted, is that Arsenal defensively, they've, they, they've not done too bad. You know, Everton a second, they've conceded one, one, uh, one less than Everton, but Everton have scored 13 more goals than them. But you look at the goals they conceded, the manner in which they conceded them today, both avoidable. And then, as Rob, Robbie's quite rightly said, going forward, they don't look like they're creating. They look as though they're, they're short of confidence. And because of that, if you don't keep a clean sheet, you're not going to get anything from the game, so it becomes really difficult. Is this a penalty? Well, we've had a look at it a few times, and the more I look at it, the more I'm convinced that it's not a penalty. I really don't think it is. Like I say, we've got a few different angles to look at it here. And the one thing I would say is that Callum Wilson has been very clever. He's been very clever because as the ball's played through here, there is the contact. The contact then stops before he gets into the box, but he sees Adder Abayo coming across, and I think that he thinks to himself, I'm going to go down because this is going to be my best opportunity. Yes, there was contact, but it was outside the box, and we'll see a, we'll see a better clip here in a second. It's just there. You can see any contact has now gone. Callum Wilson is not in the box. But I, he's been very clever here. He sees Adderabayo number 16 coming across and he's thinking to himself, well, there was contact, so I'm going to go down because I'm not going to get my strike off. So, therefore, that's what he does, and he ends up getting the penalty. So, give him credit for that. But, like I say, I don't think it should have been yeah, a penalty. You, but but isn't, it, isn't it different when you see it from a different look, a closer look of when that hand left the shirt? When you're looking from that VAR's view right down that 18-yard line camera, it's so difficult to see it in the detail. But when you get closer from a different angle, even the angle's not as good, you do see the hand just come away from the shirt. He looks from that angle that he's just outside the box. I just feel that I remember a couple of years ago speaking to a referee and I said about VAR, I said, what's the situation with him? He said... VAR is there to help the punishment fit the crime. The punishment doesn't fit the crime there. Yes, whether it's a second yellow card, straight red, that's, that's debatable. But for me, it's not a penalty, so therefore it should have been a free kick outside the box. And I know we talk about the different angles that VAR can have, but because of the importance of, the, because of, the importance of it, they should have every single angle possible to be able to determine that it's inside the box or it's outside the box. And like I say, we, we've had quite a few looks at it, but... 100%, in my opinion, it's outside the box and it shouldn't have been a penalty. And it's the difference of what could be a big couple of points for mm -hmm. Fulham as they battle along the relegation zone. It's early yet, I get that. Mm -hmm. Newcastle, they do get the call there. And they score, they benefit from it. <laughs> outside of that, did they do enough for you in that second half? No. I mean, we, we expected more from them. And there was a little bit of a up surge in, in tempo and energy at the start of the second half, as you'd expect from, from probably a, a difficult halftime talk. Um, but even then, they get an extra man, what is it, 28 minutes with, with 10 men. They got more shots in the first half against 11 men uh, with half as much possession. That, again, would argue, come on, where's, where's the kind of the strategy, the cleverness, with an extra man to find a way against the Fulham team that have looked better of late, but they're not world beaters. So mm -hmm. disappointing, again, from Newcastle, with that extra man, with that call that they got, and they couldn't take advantage of it. The effort from Fulham. 
Like it at this point? Yeah, I do. I think I think they're evolving really well. I saw it last season from Scott Park within the championship, how he was prepared to be pragmatic at times, and I think that's what he's got now, and he'll be delighted, uh, the recent form. And I think he would have taken a point before the game, but obviously the situation, the way it, the way it ended up, he'll be disappointed. Really good result for uh, Brendan Rodgers and Lester. So, so for Tottenham, uh, are we finding an issue here? Once they fall behind, their total game plan goes out the window. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more difficult. We know, we know at times that Mourinho, the way he likes to set his teams up to play on the counter-attack, but when they concede the first goal, that all goes out of the window. They have to then become more open. And as we saw in the second half, they were more open to the counter-attack themselves. But, you know, Tottenham are building something. There's, there's no doubt about that. And it has been a very good start for them this, this season so far, although they've fallen off over this last week. Yeah, they've dropped points in four last five now, but we got to give a whole lot of credit to what uh, Jamie Vardy and Lester have done, especially in this game. Yeah, I mean, Brennan Rogers continues to do great work. He's, a, he's an excellent coach. They've got players coming back from injury now, which is helping them. This is a tremendous result for them. You know, no draws so far this season. That's five losses, though, they've got this season. Mm. So it's hard to see mm. how they can win the title with that amount of losses already. But second in the table, playing great football, well-balanced team. You know, it's, it's just a good story. Great recruitment with a good manager. And this is what I can do for you. The little guys who could, you keep racking up full three points, has put them second in the table right now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Manchester United with six goals in a game for the first time since 2011. That was an 8-2 victory over Arsenal as if things are not bad enough for Arsenal fans to be reminded of that. So through 13 Premier League matches, this is what they've done this season as compared to last season. You see 26 points on the, on the year, 17 last year at the same point in time. They were just barely in the top 10 last year at this point, third this year. Let's welcome back in the guys who called the game, Arlo and Graham. Arlo, it's good that you, you didn't lose your voice with all the goals. 6-2 the <laughs> yeah. final of this rivalry. Absolutely extraordinary game of football. I think we both need a, a sit-down in a dark room, don't we, to recover <laughs> from that. But, you know, Manchester United's results, Graham, and we touched on it during the game, in the league have been very, very good. Yes, they mm. had the disappointment of the Champions League. But did that performance, the intensity and the quality of it, surprise you? It impressed me, and it surprised me from the point of view, the intensity from the first minute all the way through 90. They looked more secure. They looked um, really united in understanding the way they're playing. And I just I just felt that it, all in all, it was a performance that Manchester United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can be really, really pleased with. Mm. What were the key aspects of it to you, aside, in terms of personnel? Um, I, think, I think it was game plan and, and the fact that, that from... 
the, the, the way the midfield worked, so Fernandez finding positions to cause Leeds problems, even when he didn't have the ball, he was able to operate and, and um, affect the game. Mm. McTominay's runs bursting through great physicality to mm. get through and, and sort of make those lung-busting runs to create to create things. I think all over the pitch, Manchester United, they they showed Leeds respect in the way that Leeds play, but they exploited every single weakness that Leeds, Leeds had. What about uh, Leeds United and their Premier League future? Will they get enough points to be comfortably safe or could they maybe drift down the league attack. No, I think they will on the basis that as you said in commentary they they you know they either win or lose games. They are either 10 on the thermostat or zero. Mm. There's mm. nothing in between and I think that, that that teams that stay in the league have got that ability to score goals and win games as opposed to maybe try to manage games and pick up the point mm. odd point here and there. Yeah. It's a really um I think impressive mentality that they've got, but there is a lot of naivety. They're going to have to learn how to adapt to different quality opponents. Yeah, well, a very Merry Christmas uh, to everyone celebrating. Stateside, we'll be back on Boxing Day. For now, we'll send you to the man who scored two goals in the opening three minutes of the match in the tunnel. Let's hear from Scott McTominay. Well, Scott, very well done. Uh, I thought it was your job to protect the back four. Yeah, it is, you know, obviously... It depends what personnel you're playing against. Obviously, we know Leeds' strengths and, and weaknesses as a team. We spoke about it a lot. And I feel like for us, it was, it was a good game for me. I'm used to playing high-energy, high-tempo football matches. And, and obviously, for us as a team, we, we played really well today. And I thought it was, it was well-deserved, the six goals. So, was there a particular plan with the way Leeds play to drive past your man? And once you beat your man, you're at their system? I think everybody knows Leeds as a team. They're an amazing team with an amazing coach. You know, I feel like the detail that they go into, both on and off the ball, is is high. You know, and, and we know it as well. So we've done a lot of video, a lot of analysis on them as well. So I feel like for me, the manager, fully trusted you to do your job today, and, and obviously it pays off when we when we get six goals. Well, Gary Neville said in commentary that you turn into a combination of Paul Scholes and Roy Keane. Quite a nice combination. <laughs> but yeah, obviously. Yeah, you just go on your pitch to do your job, you know, you don't want to be getting too carried away. It's nice to score two goals and, and the team do do a really good job. And obviously for us, it's the next game. Every game's a cup final for us at this football club and managers firmly reiterated that to us. Last year, we were far too inconsistent, you know, with approaching games, not in the right frame of mind. But I feel like this year, we have to be so dialled in, so focused in, in every way that we approach the game. And for us today, I feel like it showed that. And obviously, we've gone on a really good run. It's a good job we scored six, six at home takes. That's what I said in the dressing room. We need to get used to scoring goals at home. You know, it's so important to have that fortress when teams come here to be, to be worried and scared about us. Does that change a lot, winning big here, with what it's been like this season at Old Trafford? Yeah, obviously it changes it because the confidence grows and everybody gets that real boost of, of energy and obviously the athleticism that we showed today was, was second to none. I feel like the, the distances that we all could have covered as a team, first of all, you win, win your battles and your basics in, in football matches and the quality comes out at the end, you know, that's what, that's what the message was and, and I feel like we delivered that today. Suddenly, third, only five points off top, it just looks like a... A very different start to the season all of a sudden? Nah, we, we, we don't look at the table. There's no nope. no time for, for looking and seeing all the fixtures, all the runs that we've got. We have to take every single game one by one, one by one, and, and come the end of the season, you have no you can be, you know? Well done. Top man, thank you very much. Well, let's go. Two goals in the first 170 seconds for Manchester United, both coming from Scott McTominay. He stepped up in a big game for Manchester United. I, I thought he was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And he just said there how the sort of game he enjoys, intense he got against his man, he bullied his man, he got those goals, he put his team on the path to victory today, man of the match for me, and a player, Danny, that can do a little bit of everything. I'm not sure he's going to be a Skulls and a Roy mm. Keane, um, but what a game from Scott McTominay. I thought he was the main reason, and Bruno as well, 
why they won that game. It was the energy. All about the energy from Manchester United, from midfield, and you know the substitutions from Leeds United at halftime from Bielsa showed exactly that. You know, click and and Phillips going off the pitch. But I'd like to give Solskjaer a bit of credit as well because he does get a lot of stick, and, and in my opinion, unjustly so. Um, I look at a manager and I look at players that they bring in or players that they've inherited. Have they improved them? And the answer has to be yes for Solskjaer. McTominay improved, Fred improved, Rashford improved, Greenwood coming onto the scene improving even more. Wan-Bissaka improved. Arguments say Shaw's improved. Lindelof's improved. You know, so I think he's doing. I think he's doing a really good job. And people say, well, he's not won things before. Well, Van Hal was before him. Mourinho was before him, mm -hmm. and they were serial winners. And it didn't necessarily work out for them. So I think he's doing a wonderful job at the moment. He's got to improve them at home. That's yeah. what he's got to do because uh, the away form has been. Great in terms of results. Sure. You know, there's been some slow starts where they've gone behind, but good character to come back and win those games. You know, you look at the table, and it is a question that, that we've got to start asking ourselves is, is Manchester United mm. going to be the main contender or challenger for Liverpool? Mm. And I know that we get a little bit knee-jerk sometimes, we have a little bit of fun about it, but when you watch Spurs and you watch some of the other teams and how they've kind of dropped off, United, potentially, with the actual raw talent that they've got, if yeah. they can get it together at home, given their, their away results... You know, there's no reason. There's no reason. They go two points behind if they win the game in hand against Burnley. What do you think? Serious title contenders? I think they are, 100%. If not, who are? Not a good week for you. How do you assess the week? It's not a good week in terms of, uh, of results. Um, we, could be, we could be here as the ones that broke Liverpool record at Anfield, getting three points at Anfield and going to this game from the high of this level of, of confidence and happiness. I have to admit that probably we, we start this game from the low of that disappointment of not getting what you, what you deserve in that match. But uh, Leicester also lost uh, in the past uh, match and uh, they came with a positive attitude, which we didn't, we didn't start. Um, and basically was was that and then after that the game was was a game that could go in in both directions but again it's a game that we lose with the penalty and with the on goal so that's one point from nine how do you get yourself back on track now it's not a point of it's not one point of uh, of nine is uh, many points in 14 matches uh, and that's for me the situation so, Jose, Danny, is saying, don't, don't worry about those last few. Uh, we'll look at the whole season so far, mm. but perhaps the shine starting to come off this Spurs club, some vulnerabilities being exposed here. Yeah, I think, I think there is at times. I, th I think they're having a really good season so far. The one thing you, you would say is when you look at this Tottenham team, the last three games, I think they've scored two goals. You know, they've, they've not actually created too much in particular today. I don't think they created too much there wasn't abundance of opportunities and that's something that I'm sure Marina will want to address because we know Kane and Son how good they are together and I'm sure just want to get that back on track no matter who won this game was going to jump up into second behind Liverpool on the table are you convinced after seeing Leicester beat Spurs that they are better than Spurs uh, I'm not sure over 38 games we'll see that they look better today no question and what Brendan Rodgers has done at this football club is is so, so good. Young players, good signings, gelling together, a lovely style of play, creative, well-balanced players that we enjoy watching and are talented youngsters. Um, but they've lost five games, Leicester City, so that's a lot to lose and still be a real contender mm. to win the title. Spurs, not back today. I, I continue to think that just having two brilliant players in attacking areas isn't going to be enough to be consistent. There's got to be something else from somewhere else, and that's why Gareth 
Bale was, was like, wow, if he comes off, even if he's 75% of what he was before, then that gives another dimension with the, the, the defensive strength. Normally, of Mourinho's teams, you give him a chance. But the defensively, I still don't think, Danny, they're quite as strong as they need to be. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think when you look at Leicester, what I like about Leicester is their flexibility. They can play counter-attacking football. They can play possession-based football. We've seen them play for three at the back and a, a four at the back. So I think that flexibility gives them an opportunity when they come up against the, against the bigger teams. Probably a better opportunity than Spurs at the moment. Back in the start of line, your first goal in the Premier League, I think, for 33 matches. Mm. How was it for you? Yeah, delighted. Um, as I said, I'm working hard in training, just, just doing what I can each week to help the team. Um, as I say, it's, it's great to play today. It was, it was unbelievable for me. I've been, I've been ready for... For, for a long time now and just as soon as the gaff calls on me I'll be ready Well Oli after three goals and one win from your first six home games how welcome was that? Uh, that was fantastic from the first beginning first minute you know we we had a plan to uh, get after them uh, go forward when we got the ball and of course Scott gets two goals in the first three minutes which is a great start to a game You joked beforehand about popping a balloon in the dressing room to wake your players <laughs> up for a fast start so yeah. I take it you did that quite close to oh, well, Tomine's head. We've found a way of uh, getting them going anyway and just imagine if that had 75,000 people here it would have gone down in uh, in history as one of the better Man United performances against Leeds here at home. What about where you are in the league now Ollie? You, all of a sudden it's felt like it's certainly been portrayed as not a great season so far, all of a sudden you're third and you're five points of Liverpool who are top. We're one third in, into the season. We're not even at uh, the halfway point. So the league position is not uh, something we look at. We look at improvement in the team, look at improvement in fitness because we knew we were going to be uh, lacking behind in fitness and I think it showed in the first few games. But now, today, I think uh, we, we show that we are uh, getting a fitter and stronger team. True or false, Danny, Manchester United right now is the best team to challenge Liverpool for the title. I think when you're looking at form and the way that they are playing, there's a consistency about them and that's what it's going to take. Liverpool are the best team in the Premier League, there's no doubt about it. And the only way anybody's going to challenge them is to get a consistent amount of form. Manchester United is showing that at the moment. I think one of the beauties of this United team at the moment, 12 different goal scorers this season in the Premier League, so they can share the goals around where there's a number of teams in and around where Manchester United are that are so reliant on one or two players to get the goals. But what we've said about United this season and part of last season, that there's a good United and a bad United. And no question, this was really good United, but in the Champions League, and I know it's a different competition, they disappointed. They didn't get through a group that you'd expect them to get through. So it goes back to being a consistent performer. And anybody that's hoping to beat Liverpool going to have to be consistent. Now, home form has been where they've struggled. This was a great boost for their home form. The fans, you know, nothing you do about that. Um, if they can get consistent with their home performances, if, if Rashford can consistently score, Martial, there's just too many ifs for me to get too mm. carried away with the potential for a title challenge. They should absolutely be in a race towards the end of the season. They should be. I just, I, again, I'm not feeling enough consistent scorers to make enough wins to, to overcome Liverpool, but they're on the right track. Just keep it going. What about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Do we need to give him more credit here? Tactically, how he's handled the Paul Pogba situation? It's a mix for me on the manager. Um, credit for today, credit for picking the team, credit for drop being strong with Paul Pogba and, and not needing him today, and it went great. There's some tough decisions there. Other situations, again, in the Champions League and other performances at home haven't been great. But, you know, you give him credit when credit's due. And, again, if they keep this going with the form at home as well as the, the pretty good form away from home in terms of results, 
then totally, yeah, I'll give him credit. Sam, you've had a look. What did you make of it? Um, well, the sending off. No, let's start with the performance. The performance. Uh, well, I think that starting off and dreaming on the first goal was something that I was uh, not not very pleased about. I mean, four minutes, to simple cross, not a great cross in all fairness, and we're, we're, we're ball watching. Um, sadly, we go 1-0 down, we keep it tight from then on. I was a little concerned about, you know, whether we would... You know, keep our shape and keep trying to get back in the game. And of course, uh, up to up to them, we were trying not that successfully. But then, obviously, the sending off has, you know, completely uh, thrown it against us tonight. And um, I think that was the last thing we needed uh, to go down to ten men tonight. Um, I think that uh, if we are to go anywhere, and I believe now this is the third sending off. And you cannot keep getting sent off when you're in the position that we're in, and players keep losing control. And that's one of the big things that I'm trying to, in the, just a few days, after, just to try and tell the players: we can't get people sent off, we can't get people injured, and the last thing we're to do is top all that by people getting COVID because we need everybody fit and we need everybody to be on the pitch if we're to fight our way out of this position. And that decision to, to upgrade to a red card, it, it's a tackle in an area that maybe you don't need to make that tackle there, do you? No, you don't. I think you don't, you don't need to make that tackle like that anyway. I mean, that's for sure. You know, I mean, he's an experienced player and, uh, of course... Uh, you know, he's decided for whatever reason to go and lunge at him. And we know today when when the VARs uh, go and have a look at it yourself, then you obviously fear the worst. And uh, in all fairness, I had to agree with that decision. But I do, I, I do say on the other tackle from House on uh, Diagana, uh, why the, um, the guy in the, on the VAR didn't ask him to look at that one at the screen because I think we might have got the same decision because he's jumped right down his shin, right on his ankle uh, but he hasn't told him to have a look at it to see what he thinks so is that, I don't know whether that's inconsistent or not, I have a, I, I've only been here a minute and I'm talking about VAR which I don't really want to You're right. It is inconsistent but uh, despite the setbacks you, you, you stayed in the game Right yeah. up to the end, and then you chased it at the end, and it seems to get away. Yeah, which, I mean, but it was a couple of errors that we 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 sort of miscleared the first one, and then and then he tucked it away brilliantly. And obviously, the second one is probably sometimes the only way you can stop Jack Grealish, isn't it? You know, I mean, he is, you know, an outstanding an outstanding individual, um, one that. Uh, Aston Villa must be absolutely delighted they've still got because if if we had a, a Jack Grealish with all due respect to my players, I think we would stay up. That's right. You've got uh, all your experience, you've got a, a week's work and then you're off to Anfield next. Yeah, a week's work, off to Anfield. Uh, it's an easy one, isn't it? And then two days after we got Leeds, like you mean. So, you know, I think that um, we've got to just try and make sure that we're not doing what we did today ever again, really, and that switch off and concede a very easy easy cross that we should have dealt with and uh, don't get a player sent off and see where we go. All right, so Robbie, what did you make of Sam's uh, first comments there as the manager of West Brom after a uh, defeat? There was a long pause before his first answer. That's never a good sign when there's a long pause. Uh, yeah, he had a lot to take in there with that. And um, 
The thing is, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think he's very—he's an honest guy in that sort of situation. And some of the things that you witnessed there, he will not want to see again. The red card, obviously, the first goal with a poor mark at the back post. All I would say is, Crystal Palace it took him six games in the Premier League to get his first win, and. I'm sure there's a little bit of time of assessing what he's got. You know, he saw a little bit of the substitutes coming into the game there. Charlie Austin, the player that might he feel could score goals. All I'm saying is there isn't a lot of time for him to suss this out. Mm. They're in a situation they've got uh, seven points from 14 Premier League games. And it's, it really is difficult to, to keep him up anyway. But he's got to figure out his best team, best system, and try and put it into to action straight away. He's done it before. He's saved mm-hmm. teams from relegation before. That's why he's right there. But I think you asked an interesting question during the game. He's been out of the game for a couple of years now. Ha- has the game perhaps passed him by at least a little bit? Yeah, there, there is the argument to say that. I don't think there's any question and, and only time will tell. But the one thing I would say when you look at Sam Allardyce and you can see he's talking about what his problems are. I think they can be rectified. Yes, they're poor goals that were conceded, but they can be ironed out on the training ground. You know, what he probably will take heart from is that when they went down to 10 men, they remained in the game for quite a long time Mm. until towards the end. So that will give him a little bit of confidence. But there's no doubt about it. He has got a big job on his hands, and I think January will be very busy for him. I want to make one point about Aston Villa right here because they're in the top half of the table, and they've got uh, at least one game in hand, some two games in hand on some of those teams ahead of them right now. Yeah, it's just all good. It's all good. Dean Smith, John Terry, the staff are doing a brilliant job. It's a fun team to watch as well. They're not scraping or they're not grinding or they're they're not a counter-attacking side. They're, they're a fun team to watch. They've, they've, we've said it many times, they've signed some really good players. Um, Jack Grealish, uh, I don't necessarily agree with the, with the penalty. I thought he mm. dived a little bit for that one. But in general, he has been different class and, and a big reason why they're doing well. So the lone highlight there for Wolves, the 18-year-old scoring his first goal. But 2-1 Burnley. So, Danny, mm. this has been a slow and steady climb for Burnley. Really terrible start to the season. They've started yeah. to get their momentum and maybe their best performance of the season so far. I think so, but defensively as well. There's continuity now within the team. I think if you look at Tarkovsky, there's a lot of talk of, of whether he was going to move in the summer transfer window. He was injured. Ben Mee was also injured. And they are two key elements of this Burnley team. They build from the back. Obviously, you've got Pope and goal, and you've now got a consistency. Ben Mee and Tarkovsky in particular, like I say, they know each other's game inside out. That gives them the platform, and they don't have to score so many goals now to win a game. When Burnley was down in the mm. relegation zone, which they've been for most yeah. of the year here, yeah. uh, you guys have said, I don't think they're going to end up there. Yeah. Uh, this is the sign of that. And, and because, and I'll give credit to the manager based on what Danny said, uh, a dose of Deitch. What, what they got is back to being Burnley. Burnley are back now. That, that's what they do physicality, keep balls alive in the box, score goals and make it difficult for the opposition. It it, it sounds simple, but it's something that the players know the roles of what they're going to do and they do it so well. From Wolves' point of view, that's Mm. disappointing. They gave a lot of possession to it today. They weren't really threatening in the attack. And Raul Jimenez has been a great goal scorer for Wolves, but he does more than that. He helps knit the team together, Dan, and, and they miss that now. They miss somebody who can be that kind of conduit between the midfield and the attack. It, it's a huge problem. Wolves are a team that don't want to dominate possession. Wolves are one of the best teams in the Premier League at controlling the game out of possession. Now, all of a sudden, with the likes of Neto, with the likes of opponents, they have to have more possession. And that becomes a problem to them because... One player in Jimenez mm-hmm. 
has made them have to change the complete structure of the way that they play, and they've got to try and come with a solution. Good performance at Turf Moor for Burnley and Sean Dyche's club. We've got one more game to come here, but before we get to that, do want to fill you in on the latest COVID-19 testing numbers from the Premier League. Just came out today. 1,569 players and club staff were tested. Of those, there were seven new positive tests. Of course, there will be no fans at Stamford Bridge today. But it was a difficult game. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't like, but I must say it because I will not feel right. Um, the referee doesn't have quality to, to whistle a game on a Premier League. This is a problem that we knew. We already had Lee Mason before. It's not about uh, the crucial mistakes or the, the decisions. It's about the way he handles the game. He, the players get nervous, too much voices. He play, he whistles by the voices. The, when some players shout, he, he doesn't have. He doesn't have. So we are talking about the best competition, and clearly, he doesn't have quality to to whistle the game. I'm very disappointed to say this. Really disappointed, but I'll not feel right if I didn't say it. It happened before. What would you like to see more from from the referee? What is it that? No, I just don't want to see him more. I just uh, that's what I told him. I hope that he doesn't whistle uh, a game of us again, because all the games that we have with Lee Mason is always the same. He cannot control the players. The players are constantly arguing. Uh, both teams. He doesn't have. With other, all the other referees, the game flows, the decisions are accepted, and there's dialogue. He's just he doesn't, he's not, he's not, he's not ready to do it. Can you make a complaint? Will you make a complaint? Will you put of your course I want, I want, That's why I say I don't understand you. Uh, previous game uh, at home, we had a, a similar situation. I, I mentioned that. I just don't understand the nomi- nomination. I just don't understand it. Doesn't make sense. First time that Frank Lampard has beaten West Ham as a manager, lost both contests against them last year. So, Danny, how impressed are you with Chelsea? Because coming into this game, their first real rough patch of the season, mm. were able to rebound and get the victory. I think West Ham, as Robbie quite rightly said, West Ham didn't take advantage when they should have done. But what happened is the game went along. The onus was on West Ham. West Ham ended up having more possession in the second half. That's why it opened up for Chelsea. And Chelsea are better counter-attacking team when they're not having to dominate possession. And that was shown in the final third of the game. So, Chelsea were good. But I would say that there's a few concerns there. There's a 3-0 with work to do, and sometimes as a manager, you actually quite like that. Clean sheet will be good. Mm. Tommy Abraham, a couple of goals are great. But there was periods in the game where West Ham boss possession... I saw to create opportunities, and Frank will know his team can work on that, but it was important today to get the win, back-to-back defeats, to get back on the winning road. thought there was a couple of great performances. Mason Mount in midfield was becoming a regular, reliable midfield midfield source now. He's playing games every week and Frank knows what he's going to get from him. Um, from West Ham's point of view, I thought Declan Rice was excellent again. There's a lot of good signs for, for David Moyes and you can see how this team's progressed from the team that last year were really struggling. For Frank Lampard, there's mm. a lot of depth on this team. It's yep. just a matter of when to deploy each player. It, it isn't, you know, I, I think a lot of the time as well, what you see with successful teams, you saw with Liverpool last season, continuity. More often than not, the same starting eleven, and that's what Frank Lampard, I'm sure, will get. He'll find his strongest starting eleven. He'll probably start to stick with that when he can. Could could have done with a team of Werner goal. That would have been a bonus. Yeah. He looks a little bit low on confidence. That's a bit of a worry for Chelsea going into this hectic period. But winning without him playing up to his potential so far, so that is as a positive, some silver lining there. So Chelsea gets the victory. <laughs> 
That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.